Have you ever wondered about the wild activities that go on at a bar? Well, that wondering ends right now. Welcome to the Open Bar Talk Podcast, where host Jim Search sits down with bartenders near and far to hear the whopping tales that only a drink slinger has. So buckle in, have a cold one, and enjoy it. Hey, we're doing another episode, episode 63 of Open Bar Talk Podcast. We are back. We have been taking a little hiatus, but I would never deprive you of the amazing stories that the nightlife has to offer. And so we are going to get into another uh, amazing story today. Uh, if you want to find this podcast, openbartalk at gmail.com, openbartalk on Twitter, and openbartalk on Instagram. Now, your host, that's me. I'm Jim Search. You can find me at jimsearchcomedy.com. You can go on all social media. Find me at Jim Search. Uh, I make branding super easy for you. If you want to find this podcast, you can do that. Uh, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, underneath your car, wherever the fuck you get your podcast, that's where you get this. Uh, rate, review, and subscribe for God's sakes. Tell a friend about this podcast. Everyone needs to know about it. It's so much fun. I have so much love and respect and admiration for those who work the nightlife. And their stories are always so amazing and intriguing. And I'm so honored to be able to bring all these stories to you, the listener. Now, that being said, I am ready to introduce our guest for this week. Uh, Very funny dude. Uh, I'm really excited he reached out to me uh, in my open call, if you will. Um, You know, I've had the pleasure of working with him in the world of comedy, and I'm very excited to hear what his life has been like behind the bar. Stephen Bowles, how are you, sir? How you living, man? Hey, I'm great, man. I'm great. Thank you for having me. Of course, man. Of course. Again, I'm really pumped uh, that you were uh, that you're down to uh, talk to us about your life, uh, life behind the bar, sir. Of course. Uh, yeah. It's a large majority either behind the bar or sitting in front of it. So uh, usually a lot more behind, though, a lot more behind the restaurant industry for a while. You know, it's interesting um, when people ask me, like, you know, have you worked in the bar? I'm just like, oh, I'm on the consumption side, not the production side. Uh, <laughs> That's I, a good I, way to put it. Yeah, you know, I make sure bartenders have jobs. Um, <laughs> I don't want you guys to ever feel like you're out of work. Cause... No, you're doing God's work is what you're doing. Mm-hmm, hmm Listen, uh, going to a bar is part of the economy, so I'm just really glad to keep yes. that shit afloat, sir. Absolutely. Um, so, all right, well, listen, let's, uh, let's talk about it. Let's get into it. Um, tell us a little bit about how you got behind the bar. What, uh, what brought you there? I actually think this is unique. I low-key started bartending when I was like 19 years old because it was at my first job in a catering company in Williamsburg, Virginia. Okay. And it just became one of those things where my roommate at the time was also training me, and he worked behind the bar. He was well over 21. But then they had me behind the bar um, helping him, and then all of a sudden I got stuck doing bar for most of the events that we would do. And the first one I did by myself, I swear to God, I was 19. I'm not joking. I called it Merlot all night. Yo. Merlot? <laughs> I called it Merlot. That's how young I was, dude. I never it. had it before. I just said, we don't have we don't have that. We do have some Merlot and we have the Cabernet. But, uh, but yeah. I love, I love that you pronounced it Cabernet correctly, but yeah. <laughs> some, somehow Merlot uh, slipped through the cracks. Merlot, I've never heard of in my life. Yo. My parents weren't drinkers or anything. And of course, college kids, when you're drinking, no one's drinking fucking Merlot. It's always some Four Loco or something or whatever. Or cheap, Bud Light. You know? I, yeah, Miller Light, something like that. Um, but uh, but that was really fun. Uh, really, really fun bartending because you mostly just bartend 
like tailgates and weddings was our main thing. And it's like, there's a set drink menu. I'm not a mixologist. I don't know how to make any legit cocktails. You just serve people. The most, the most complicated thing you'd have to make is a screwdriver. Like that's it. Right, 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 right. And it's all weddings. So people are generally in a pretty good mood. You know, it's a free bar. So they're throwing crazy tips at you. Um, and it was just a lot of fun. Also working with my roommate was a lot of fun because he's one of those people that's not a comedian, but he's one of the funniest dudes that I know. He's like Chris Farley incarnate. Like his physical comedy is just off the chain. Okay. He's already super funny. But one of my think, I think one of my first memorable bar moments was bartending a wedding. I had to be about 19. I was with Tim Gangnam style. It just came out. Oh, wow. Yes, I do. Sure. Sure. I'm gonna stop it made, it made somebody a lot of money. Yes, dude. Oh my God. That song made a lot of money. And so that was the hit at the time. And me and Tim were working behind like a bigger bar than usual. It was like a proper bar. Like it was gigantic. Um, and I was in the middle of serving some old man. Uh, I don't know if it was the father of the bride or whatever. He was definitely like in his seventies and the song came on. So me and Tim, we stopped dancing. We, or we stopped serving. We did the whole dance behind the <laughs> bar. And we, we fucking crushed. We destroyed. Also, we were both like way fatter back then too. So just like two scruffy looking fat dudes just killing this dance. Like we took the, dude, we took the attention. It felt great. It was one of those first times I had, I had killed before trying stand up, you know? Okay. Um, okay. But uh, I just remember feeling really good. And then like seeing the old man and realizing he's like pissed. He had no idea. <laughs> he had no idea what the dance was. He just knew I literally just abandoned his drink in the middle of making it <laughs> for like solid like minute and a half, you know. Um, and that's a long minute and a half if you're at a wedding trying to get hammered. Yes, exactly. And your fat bartender's doing some stupid <laughs> dance moves behind the bar. It was so fun. I wish someone had filmed it. We made so many tips that night. That's um, hilarious. Which is just the best ever and then uh i remember being really sad because eventually one of the managers left and a new manager came in it's usually nice but before like one of my events working with her she's like how old are you i was like age is just a number baby fucking let me let me do my thing and she's like no you're gonna set up the cheese bar and i was like fucking but um but yeah that was a really fun job and i didn't work again behind the bar until i moved to the city okay That was, uh, dude, that's the fucked up thing with the city, like service industry in the city, was that I had years of experience serving in Virginia, and I came here, they said, you don't have New York experience. Interesting. They started started me off as a busboy, and I was like, yo, I I literally have, it's even competitive to be a fucking waiter in this city, dude. Like, everyone everyone is competing. But when when I was working as a food runner, uh, there was one bar back at the time. And this dude was like, the bar back. You know what I mean? I was listening to your podcast. A lot of people talk about bar back. I'm more of a career bar backer. Okay. Well, like, let's talk about that. Yeah, I've done a lot more bar backing, which I honestly prefer. It's amazing because it's like, if anybody doesn't know what a bar back is, it's basically you just help the bartenders all night. Mm-hmm. Your job is just keep alcohol stocked, keep ice stocked. You know, wash the glasses, do whatever you got to do to make their life easier. But in a big restaurant, I was in a restaurant called Blue Smoke, which could seat about like 200 people at once, I think, big spot. Um, And like three bartenders behind the bar on a busy night, plus a bar back. And when you're the bar back, like they, it's so little responsibility. And also the bartenders treat you like the little brother of the bar. Right. 
I don't know if you've ever, I don't know if you've ever experienced that. I've been, uh, I mean, I actually bar backed a little bit when I, uh, I was, I was like 16, 17 years old. So like, okay. I have a little, I have a little bit of bar backing experience. Um, but yes, you are definitely like the, um, you are like the, yeah, you're the uh, little brother. You're the kid that's tagging along for the ride. Exactly. And I'm the dude that changing the kegs and no one else wants to do that. So they're very nice. Sure. Usually, especially if you're good at your job, but also in this restaurant, it was like, sometimes if the servers would see you not being busy they'd ask you to do favors or whatever and it's easy it's it's hard to say no when you're just starting you know but i right. remember the bartenders caught him once or twice and they go no nah, he's my bar back he's staying behind the bar you can do your own fucking side work and then right. they asked me and told me to do my job and i was like this is the best job i've ever had um now let me ask you um do you have like living in New York? Like, do you have aspirations to bartend or would like, if given the opportunity, would you jump in or would you say, I like where I'm at and I'm doing what I'm doing? Probably not only because bartending takes up so much evening time. Mm. And it, we kind of need that as standups, you know, right. There was, there was a time a few years ago when I was happy to bar back like four nights a week, mostly because I didn't want to, you know, I didn't want to learn how to do the whole uh, actual bartending thing. Um, and bar backing made more money than the servers, a little less than the bartenders, but more money than the servers. So I thought I was rolling in it, you know? Sure, sure, sure. So uh, I, I like being drink literate, though. I like being able to whip up drinks for people. Like if I'm getting people over to my house, I like being drink literate, which I think bar backing has made me, but I'm not like a real mixologist. You're not looking for looking for the life, I guess, for lack of better words. No. So, well, all right. Well, listen, let's uh, let's get into it. Um, you said you had a couple stories. Um, I'm very obviously that's what our show is about is the crazy shit that you've seen from behind the bar. So let's talk about it. What are some of those moments in your career where you're like, yeah. I can't believe this shit is happening right now? I, I have one that is a little embarrassing for two reasons, because uh, the only other uh, behind the bar experience I have, I was the manager of a cafe in Brooklyn. And it's like cafe in the morning, but bar in the evening. You serve beer and wine. Okay. And uh, when I was managing, we would throw like house party style parties like every couple weeks on Fridays or Saturdays. Okay. And uh, here's the thing. I was not qualified to manage at all. Like not even close. <laughs> I was just, I, I, I worked there the longest and I had the biggest man bun on the staff. So they just handed it to me. <laughs> like a heir to the throne kind of situation. And right. I was not ready. I have no degree. I have no formal training in managing a business at all. So uh, I was very in over my head. Um, I remember the first time I ordered onions, I accidentally ordered enough for like the U.S. Army. And that was bad. Um, <laughs> beer you can get rid of. Onions are really fucking hard to get rid of. Um, yeah. But uh, but we throw these house party style parties every you know couple weeks, and they made pretty decent money. Like there's like a DJ in the basement, then people drinking upstairs. We had a patio you could smoke on, and it was just a good vibe. But the thing was, I was the manager at the time, so I actually preferred not to drink at these uh, house party style parties because I was still kind of working. You know what I mean? Sure, sure, um, sure. So I prefer not to drink, but I would do cocaine like fucking crazy. And because, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it makes you feel more alert and awake and you can talk to the guests and stuff like that. If I'm drunk, I might trip down the stairs. But if I'm gacked out, I'm just going to serve drinks faster, you know, like it right. felt like when, when, and, and, it, and maybe build a staircase. So, yeah, right. <laughs> exactly. I mean, I didn't realize how bad it was until uh, 
there was one time uh, my bartender needed a break. And so I hopped behind the bar and I literally greeted somebody like, hey, what can I get for you? And uh, <laughs> and my fucking, one of my best friends who was sitting close just like passed me gum. And he was like, bro, fucking put in two pieces of gum. And I was like, okay, I'll put in two pieces of gum. And later that same evening, um, this is in Bushwick, and it's like kind of just open to the road. You, you know, anybody can see in and see what's going on, which usually gets people to come in. But um, around like one in the morning, I think we we're just about to start kicking people out. Um, we're doing blinds in the fucking back, not paying attention to anything. And someone just fucking straight up walked off the street and stole our iPad because it was sitting right on the counter. Oh, shit. Yeah, dude. We had that it was the to- I, I was going to say, was it hooked up to the music and shit? Yeah, but from a Bluetooth. So we didn't notice that it was gone until it was like out of range. Which oh. gave a few seconds to get the fuck away. And wow. I was very upset that I had, I had lost the iPad and that my negligence had gotten the iPad. I was like, we should just keep it behind the bar anyway. But, you know, you figure you're drinking with your friends. After, that's the other thing, too. I've worked there for like two years. So it becomes like not, not like patrons. They're locals, you know. They're your friends. Sure. See each other all the time. So I'm like, well, all my friends are at the bar. Just leave the fucking iPad out. They can pick the music if they want. Like, that was my intention. And then the iPad got stolen, and I was kind of upset about that. Now, did uh, you have it on camera? Did you look back at the yes, camera? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We got, we got the dude's face. We never saw him around again. Um, but uh, I just lied to my boss and said that we were stocking shit in the back, which is believable, you know, because he wasn't there. But, um, yeah, that was – I felt bad about that. That was, that was one of the few times I felt like it was a fuck-up behind the bar, just trying to have fun. Right, um, right, right, right. But managing that cafe, the fact that that cafe is still standing is incredible, y'all. I can't believe I didn't <laughs> drive that bitch in the ground. I was, we do, <laughs> do, we do comedy shows every Saturday. I hand out free beer like crazy just to get people to sit in the front row, which is not good for costs, you know. I um, mean, you that, ever that, man, that you ever managed for? I managed. Mm-hmm. I've Have managed. You managed. No, no, not like not in. Um... Not in the uh, bar restaurant vibe. Like I've managed hotels before, but not in Word, okay. Like so I'm underneath the hospitality umbrella, but not in like food and beverage or anything like that. Word. So gotcha. That makes sense. It's a uh yeah, that's a different beast. I mean Yeah, completely different. But that cafe was really fun and then um afterwards I started working at New York Comedy Club as a bar back. Okay. Because uh, all those all the servers are unbelievably gorgeous women so i couldn't apply to be a server they just needed a bar bag that's tough that's tough i know but they know what they're doing and they get tipped well so i get tipped out well so everybody's happy but um bar bagging in a comedy club is definitely different than any kind of restaurant service because it's like number one i'm mostly a janitor bar backing has very little to do with it (laughs) i'm mostly a janitor i like get there early and set up the room clean up the room at the end of the night and then just also during shows i run beers sometimes you know sure like, okay mostly running snacks and shit like that just mostly making sure that the waitresses still have ice and all their shit is stocked and, and ready to go but um but bar backing in the comedy club definitely was a lot more fun than any other environment because it's a comedy club so it's like you don't have to be professional there you know especially after hours it's a lot more fun like, so when you say that, like, what made it more fun? Like, do you have some of those memorable moments that were just like, wow, this is yes. such a fucking blast? I have one memorable moment where I think I was pretty early into working there, like maybe a couple months. 
And um, we're hanging out after the show. Matt Richards closed, so he was there. And one sure. of his friends came in. I like I need to ask him because I can't remember her name. Uh, but like a group of girls walked in. There were like three or four of them. And like one of them uh, just immediately very noticeable. Um, um, amazing rack. I know that sounds very crude. The 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 punchline is that this chick was pregnant and I didn't know that. So she <laughs> her not pregnant had just had a kid. She had just had a kid. So that's why her tits look like that. They're full of milk. I had no fucking idea. But they walk in and this chick goes into one of the empty trash cans that I just replaced a bag for. And she starts like spraying her tit into the trash can. Shut up. To like get the milk out. But ah. from <laughs> But from my angle, I thought she was puking in it. So I was really annoyed. I was like, oh, you fucking puking in a fucking empty bag that I'm going to have to change, you know? Right, right, um, right, right. So immediately I'm like, fuck these chicks. And then when I walk over, I'm like, like visibly really confused because it doesn't, doesn't look like puke. It looks like fucking milk, you know? And doesn't smell like it either. Exactly. Yeah, there's no chunks. There's no nothing. It just like it looked like someone had sprayed it with like a little mist bottle or something. You know, I was like, what the fuck? I was like, also, it occurred to me, I didn't hear her making any noise when she was right. I was like, this is just I was like, I haven't been around enough pregnant women because I couldn't I couldn't put two and two together. (laughs) someone, Someone had made a joke about her baby being at home. And then she was she went to empty her tit again in the trash can. I was like doing the same. Like, can you please do do that in the sink in the bathroom? And then that's, she, well, that's easier to wash down the drain. That's a liquid, right? Exactly. Yeah. So finally, it made sense to me then what was going on. And when she came back out, uh, Matt was talking shit. I don't remember what he said. Not real shit, but he's just like joking with her. And she went to fucking spray him with her titty, and the milk got <laughs> me instead, yo. <laughs> A little fucking milk splash right across my face as I'm just sweeping shit up to its side work. Oh my I god! Like, I should have wh- been upset, but I was just like a few months in. I'm like, this is the funnest job I've ever had. You know, this is amazing. I, I as you got sprayed by titty milk. Yeah. <laughs> that's... Yes, exactly. I was like, yo, that's not the worst thing to get sprayed by at a bar. You know? No, I was gonna titty say milk. there. There's worse things. Now, exactly. what did, so what did she say when she? Because you were the you weren't the intended target, so she must. She, yeah, she felt really bad. She asked me asked me my name. She's like, I can't spray titty milk on your face and not know your name at least. Um, and then uh, <laughs> Re, fair. I mean, if, yeah, exactly. If you think about like, the rules of engagement. You're right. right. Like you should like, know. This lady's chivalrous, dude. Um, <laughs> Uh, I was like, yeah, a lucky baby and probably a lucky man at home too. But um, but I can't. I, for the life of me, I can't remember her name. I, I, she might have been a comedian. She might have been somebody you knew. I don't remember. Uh, and the way she was acting makes me definitely believe she was a comedian. Uh, but uh, but that was that was pretty funny. And then I have a, I have one good one. But then like Let's one go. good story. But uh, a bunch of. I had to clean puke a bunch of times. That was the worst. I've never had to clean fucking puke until I was working at a comedy club. And they put those two drink minimums on you. And they don't fucking... I mean, the club I was at was really good about cutting people off if they showed any sign of being too fucked up. But, you know, people get fucked up quietly sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) They do. They certainly do. Some of them are alcoholics that are also great audience members. So you just don't know until it's too late. And they and, move in silence. Yeah, dude. I remember one time, oh my God, this fucking lady, like we were just sitting at the bar. It's like kind of late. 
and we're, like all my side work is done. I'm just waiting for the show to be over. And uh, this lady fucking bursts out of the showroom and then she tries to get in one of the bathrooms and it's locked. And we're going like, that one's locked. Use the other one. And then she fucking just yacked all over the door because it was locked. Oh, and we're like, that, one, that one's still open. And so she ran into the other bathroom and then yacked in there. But to her credit, that second bathroom was spotless. Unbelievably spotless. Really? I, I, dude, like like not not even that much around the room. I thought for sure she was going to miss and hit the floor, hit the sink or something. That second bathroom was fucking spotless. So I was like, I, I had a lot more respect for her afterwards. I was like, she didn't make it to the first one because it was locked. That could have happened to any of us. You know, that could happen to anyone. Well, uh, I guess. And you had like, there's a reasonable way to be like, oh, shit, this woman's going to throw up on the floor because it's like you hit the door right yes yeah and it's like you just felt bad for her because it's like dude if it had been unlocked she would have made it she would have done her job you know now i wonder i wonder what happened when the person came out of that bathroom right (laughs) because they like dude statistically every time we've walked out of the bathroom there has it has been covered in puke right so then there's this now one time that's been entered into the scenario where it's like what the hell is this how did this get here i know dude i was that's so funny that you say that we literally did stand like right near the door and as soon as it clicked over we were just like be careful be careful because like there's no way they also didn't hear it you know like Right. It's the only thing you can hear. So as soon as they open, we're like, yo, be careful, be careful. There's puke all over the fucking door. Be careful. And they were like, yeah, I heard that happen. Uh, <laughs> I, not, not by hearsay, but by actual, I heard it happen. Yes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, that was the only, the only other time that was, I mean, that was pretty brutal. Like to, but to be fair, that lady did her job. There was one time, dude, in the middle of the show, someone just like quietly, like leaned over, like puked in a straight line onto the floor and then just like went back to watching the show. <laughs> and so the, me and the bouncer saw it and then the bouncer went and got the manager because the rule is once you puke during the show, you can't stay. You're out. Yeah, you got to go. But yeah. now I guess the question now is, is like, well, they're pretty tame. It sounds like if you go back and then you're back up again. Well, I don't know. You tell me. Well, they were, to be fair, like they were fucked up, but they were pretty respectful. Like they didn't quite realize they were getting kicked out. That was the funny part where the guy was like, come on, I need you guys to go with me. And the guy was like, oh, no, no, no. It's cool, man. Like we, we feel good. Thank you, though. Thank you. I appreciate it. Like, <laughs> he didn't realize he was getting kicked out. And he was like, no, like y'all gotta go because you fucking puked. And he's like, oh, we gotta go. And they left. And then the worst part for me was there was still a fucking comic on stage closing for like another 15 minutes. And I had to clean this thing in the middle of the show. Big showroom, like maybe 20 people. It's very, very obvious what's happening. Right. And dead fucking center. And like all these people are just looking at me cleaning fucking puke. And then the comic on stage is like trying to say something nice about it. But I was like, I, I'm like, just don't remember me for this. Remember me for being on stage. Don't remember me for this fucking atrocious moment in yeah. my life right now. You know, like it was, uh, you know, Justy Dodge. By any yeah, of course. Absolutely. She was the one on stage. And then That's she was trying hilarious. to do banter like, oh, you're going to fucking quit tonight. and Blah, blah, blah. You know, like it was funny. It was like the only thing you can do in that scenario. But I was just like, 
uh, I don't fucking, I don't want these people to fucking see me. Well, you have to, and like, if you're just, you have to acknowledge the vomit, right? Like, exactly. Well, that was, that was the worst part was cut. Part of me was like, yo, like she's only doing 20. There's nobody after her. And then the show is over. Can we like leave it? And my manager's like, no, like we have to fucking clean it immediately. Um, but well, that's because it, it yeah. stinks. Yeah, it starts <laughs> like, to stink. Although, dude, I will say, like, from cleaning it, like, I was looking at it like a crime scene detective. I was like, this bitch had no dinner. There's, like, nothing. It's just, it's just like, water and, like, bile, right? Yeah, exactly. And I'm like, honestly, like, not the worst thing I've had to clean up in my life. It was just the fact that I was literally not in the spotlight, but in the spotlight cleaning puke. Oh, my God. Like, that's... that's the last that's the last thing you buy. But um, I do have one great story that it didn't Let's get happen. It. it didn't happen behind the bar, but it, it happened because of the bar. This is some late night hours shit. Uh, I had a wild subway ride after bar backing one night because it's late hours. Like I think I left at like three in the morning. It was shit. like thir- Thursday. And it's like, we had just been drinking the whole time at the bar while we were closing. Uh, and so, dude, I got on the train at three in the morning and this lady is just like, there's like one row of open seats and this lady is standing next to it. She looked kind of homeless and I'm like, but I'm tired as shit. It's three in the morning. I'm drunk. I want to sit down. And so I sit down in her seat and I noticed that like, she like, she's turned away from me, but like, she keeps looking back at me like this. She's turned away. She keeps going. Oh, wow. Okay. Like that. And I'm like, if, if I was sober, this I would have fucking moved. But I was like drunk and high, so I'm like, oh, don't be an asshole. Like, you know, homeless people have mad issues. You know, like she's not doing anything to you. Kumbaya, fuck it. Just, <laughs> I'm gonna lose, I'm gonna lose the seat. And uh, and then I should have fucking listened to my instinct because like she kind of turned back around, and then all of a sudden she's. I noticed she's like white knuckling her dress, like next to her side oh that's not a good sign and then all of a sudden she fucking pulled her dress all the way up and i saw it out of my peripheral and it's one of those things where it's like it's like a car accident where you don't want to look but you absolutely have to look you have to you have to so i look over at her and her bare ass just in time to watch her drag a kleenex over her asshole in front of me like less than (laughs) Less than two feet away, dragging Kleenex over her asshole in front of me. And that was when I was finally like, no, fuck this. I'm done. And fortunately, the train was pulling into another station right at that moment. So I got up and I went over into the next car. I'm just thinking about how gross that was. And then in the next car, I get in and there's a dude blasting music. And it was... What music? uh, Are you familiar with uh, Stop Snitching? By YG? I mean, I know who YG is, but um, I don't know the song. Can I can I play it for you? Because the lyrics were very, very memorable. And sure. it's the reason why I know exactly which fucking song it was. Because I walk in, I this homeless lady wipes her ass in front of me. I walk into the next train, and this is the first thing that I hear. Oh, yeah. I was like... This is the first thing I hear walking into the next car. Well, and that um, that's not welcoming. No, but after that, usually I would be annoyed. But after that lady wiped her ass in front of me, I'm like, 
you I can deal with. You are fine. <laughs> this, this is the best song I've ever heard because it's not a homeless lady wiping her ass in front of me. I will listen to this shit all the way home if that's the worst thing on this train. And then a fucking dude from the MTA got on the train and started yelling at that guy for blasting his music. And I wanted to walk over and be like, bro, dude, we got a way bigger problem on the car behind us if you want to fucking start a fight tonight. Like, yeah, if you're, if you're looking for accountability of behavior, yeah. I will gladly... <laughs> I'll gladly take someone who is uh, blasting YG over, I don't know, someone throwing shit at me. Yes, exactly. And, dude, there were people sitting in front of me. And I remember looking at them, like, almost kind of annoyed because I was like, why didn't y'all say something? Like, y'all y'all clearly knew that this was not going to be good. Like, and why you, didn't y'all and say you something? Can, and you can also not just be okay with this. Like, right, I yeah. know, I know that this isn't like, you're not saying business as usual. <laughs> exactly. I was like, y'all aren't moving. You know, you're right next to her too. Like you might not have been the same seat, but like, yo, y'all are right there in the shit with me. I'm like, like what if she should... fucking throws it at you, man? You don't know. You, we should all be working together right now. Yes. And exactly. I feel like, I and like, I feel like we're not. It's like, I get situations are tough. People fall on hard times, but like fucking do that shit on a subway platform or something, man. Like, not not dead in front of me, man. Holy like, that, Christmas. That's out, and that was one of those moments I was really like, fuck this job. Because I, this is not the first time some weird shit has happened to me at 3 o'clock in the morning. Because I'm always leaving at fucking 3 o'clock in the morning. And then my whole fucking day is shot the next day. And it just was starts to wear on you after a while. Bar backing. And I think bar... I guess maybe not bartending. Maybe that's too general a thing to say, but I feel like bar backing is definitely a young man's game. It's sure. Very physical. It's a lot of changing kegs and lifting boxes and liquor and shit like that. Like, I feel like well, you could bartend as long as you can pick up one bottle. You know? Exactly. I mean, look, how many bars have, I mean, you know, I can't speak to your bar game fully, but like, how many times have you been in a bar and seen like just an old man, old lady bartender? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. It's a plenty, plenty. You can certainly be able. You can bartend forever, right? Exactly. Yeah. Bar backing. Yeah, I fully agree with you because you are. You're physic. It's a physically taxing game. You know. It is. It is. But it was fun at the comedy club for a little while because it's less stress than a restaurant until it's full. But you know, it is. It is. Like I said, I was more of a janitor cleaning up puke. Which I mean, that story of that woman fucking throwing up twice, and then next, now after she threw up spotless, I mean, what sort of restorative like did she come out just like my bad guys? Basically, yeah, her her boy had come out at that point, and uh, he was saying like, "We're sorry, it's her birthday," and I was like, "Okay, well, at least even if that's a lie, it's a good lie, you know? Like you, sh- right. you should be fucked up on your birthday." And who amongst us has not yacked on their birthday, perhaps in a public place. So, you know, and exactly. Me too. Me as well. Me so, as well. I would be lying on this podcast and say that I have not thrown up on my birthday. Or after. You? Or day after. Like, yes. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, yes, because- the day after pukes are the worst. So I'd much rather get it all out the night of my birthday. Oh, 100%. Well, because, you know, the day after, right, it's just like you are aware of it. <laughs> yes. Yeah, you're not really even that drunk anymore. You're just yeah. sick. <laughs> you're just like, oh, my body has processed all the alcohol, and boy, is it mad at me for this. 
Yes. I don't exactly. quite, I don't quite frankly appreciate that. Yeah, um, man. But yeah, I mean, look, I really, I uh, really appreciate you bringing, uh, bringing some stories in here, sir. Uh, of course, man. I'm happy I got to tell them. Now, um, do you have any other ones before we jump in? Uh, before we jump um, into our next one, let me double check. I think those are definitely the the best ones. Uh, I mean, yeah, that's all. That's that's pretty much it. I think. Like, I, I had a neighborhood crackhead when I was working at the cafe that I really liked to drink with him, and <laughs> he was like. He was mad still, man. Like he was when I was working in the cafe. Like I'd be there at like six in the morning. We open at seven. He roll in around like ten or eleven in the morning. Get like a Guinness. Get something really fucking heavy. Wow. Ten or eleven in the morning, and I was Woo. like, I'm guessing this is his breakfast. Um, and he was actually pretty cool and like well adjusted. You know, when he wasn't high. You know, I could tell I was getting him first thing in the morning, but. Um, <laughs> I don't know, like, there was more than once, I swear to God, the like, one of the first times he left, he just went, yeah, man, I'm going to go. I got to go do what I do. And then he left. <laughs> I got, like, it was, and it sounds like he was almost about to say it. And then I was like, yes. well, if I say smoke crack out loud. Ugh, right. And it's that- like, we all, we all already knew who he was because it's like, we all live in the neighborhood. We've seen him fucking doing crazy shit. rocks and shit. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, hey, man, as long as you're calm and you come in here and you pay for your beers just like everybody else, like, we're good. You know? You're good money, man. you good money. Yeah. I just, I was like, don't smoke crack in the bathroom. Like, we have a patio. You can smoke crack on a patio if you want. Open like, air. Open yeah. air. Just make it open <laughs> air. No one wants to smell burnt, uh, burnt plastic uh, in the bathroom. Exactly. It already smells bad enough in there. All right. You don't need to be adding that crack stick to it. It's it's a different. That's a different match that you're lighting. It is. It's a really really gross smell, man. It's really bad. It's very pungent. And uh, listeners, do not smoke crack, please. Uh, Just 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 drink. Uh, Just enjoy alcohol, please. Yes. So, well, listen then, Stephen. You know, again, thank you for bringing these stories in. Um, I want to, I want to get into our next segment, which is five questions for our guests. Now, these are five questions we ask every guest, um, who's been behind the bar just about life, uh, life behind the stick. So, um, let's, let's get into it. Um, first question, what is the biggest misconception people have about you working at a bar? Um, that the that the money is good sometimes mm. it not it isn't always you know a lot i know i know a lot of new york bartenders make a killing but not all of them and a lot of times uh the other big misconception is just because i'm behind the bar doesn't mean i'm the bartender i'm the bar ah, back yeah that's a, that's a big one i always just literally wanted to wear a shirt that said bar back so at least people didn't think i was being an asshole ignoring them you know like i'm not and in a nice restaurant, like when I was at Blue Smoke, you are not allowed to serve them unless it's like all I could do was pour draft beer. That was it. And that was only if the bartenders were super busy. Like, okay. they're like you can pour draft beers. But other than that, you can't be taking drink orders or ringing people out or taking cards. Um, that was a big one. Like people get drunk and then they just want to pass your card to whoever's behind the bar. Like, oh, close out. And they're like, I don't fucking, I don't know your name. I don't know what you ordered. I, I don't know. That's... I don't know. I don't even know who your bartender was. 
So I think not everybody behind the bar is a bartender. I think maybe that's probably one of the biggest mix, misconceptions I've experienced as a career bar back. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Yeah. So now question, let's move, uh, move on to question number two. What is the biggest tip that you've received as a bar back? What's the most money you've ever made in one night? Oh, shit. Um, I think the most money I ever made in a shift was definitely uh, New Year's Eve. And that's obviously going to be a money night anyway. Sure. Um, that's, t- that's tip out from like all the waitresses. Um, I think... I think the best tip I ever got was uh, some dude at a wedding when I was working catering. This is like when I was 19. Uh, some dude when I was working catering slipped me and Tim each a hundred. Like that nice. was up and, and made sure. And we, and we were fucking quick to get his drinks for the rest of the night. You know, that dude knew exactly what he was doing. That is the uh, move. But that was also like, I'm 28 now, but like a hundred dollars at 19 hits a lot different. Yo, like, Shit, a hundred dollars hits different right now, man. Right, <laughs> exactly. I, Don't get me wrong; it would still completely make my day. But I was like, I saw that hundred. I'm like, I could pay for my next semester. Yo, this is crazy. I'm, um, I'm in. Yeah, yeah. So that was. I think that's the biggest individual tip I, I think I've ever gotten behind the bar. Okay. Okay. All right. Question number three. What is your pet peeve of a customer? What is the one thing you do not want someone to do when you're working behind the bar? Um, you know what really bugged me more than anything? And I think this is only relevant to comedy clubs because I was bar backing at a comedy club. But sure. a lot of times, if I was behind the bar or if I was helping the waitresses or whatever, if I was in the vicinity and they're ordering drinks at the bar, a lot of fucking more people than you would think ask the question like, "Are the comics funny?" Like before the show, like mm. more people than you would fucking think ask that question. And every time, it's gonna be like, "Fucking, of course they are." You know, like you're at a comedy club. This is not a free Bushwick show you didn't pay for. This is a fucking show you paid cover and you're paying fucking two drink minimum where each Corona is nine dollars. Of course. Of course, it's going right. to be good. You know, like, they're going to book people that you don't even care how much money you just spent. You don't even give a shit. You just spent $90 on four beers. All right. That's how good the fucking shows are. Like, that's You're the gonna, point. That so, that is, shit, that really bugged me a lot, like, more than anything else. I'm right there with, yeah. Uh, as a fellow comedian, uh, asking if someone's funny is. Uh, of course, why the hell are we doing this otherwise? Um, yeah, I think I think the equivalent would literally be like if someone came up to your bar and they went, are the drinks good? And you have to be like, fucking duh, it's liquor. Of course yeah. it's good. Well, of course it is. Like, you're going to be drunk. Like, yes, uh, we're going to we're going to achieve the end game here. Yes. So enough. All right. Question number four. What is the one thing you've learned from working behind the bar? It doesn't have to be about bartending, anything. It could be about life. It's, this is a very open-ended question. But what is the one thing that you've learned from working behind the bar? Probably, honestly, man, just patience when I'm on the other side of the bar. That's really mm. it. Like, Interesting. It, it's, really, it's really made me slow down a lot. And I very rarely get to the point where I'm like, oh, this fucking asshole hasn't fucking served me yet. Like that, 
I don't get like that as much as I used to. I was a lot, a lot worse about that in my early twenties when I started drinking. Like I was some hot young thing behind the bar. I was not nothing to look at, you know. So of course, <laughs> of course, <laughs> of course, I'm towards the bottom of the pecking order. But of course, they always eventually get there, you know. Um, right. I really think it has slowed me down a lot to the point where now I'm like, anytime like if I'm with like my wife or friends or whatever, they'll be like, "What's with the fucking service?" So I was like. Who fucking cares, yo? We're hang. We have nowhere to be. Like, let's just hang. Let We're gonna let it. it go. We're gonna let yeah. it go. Let it go. Exactly. Yeah. I think 100%. that's maybe one of the more positive things I've I've learned in this industry. Mm. Okay. All right. Now, final question: What is your favorite drink? What does Stephen like to have either when he's at a bar or at home? What is your drink of choice? I'm a, I'm a simple man. I really just love some White Claw right now. They're good. Okay. Delicious. Some cold White Claw is always, always, always the first thing that I'm going for. But if I'm drinking liquor, um, any any tequila, anything. Like, I like tequila, anything. I'm one of those weirdos that hasn't, I guess I haven't hit a hard enough rock bottom yet to not drink tequila. But oh. like. <laughs> Give it time. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Give it time. Uh, You'll get that. But there's something about it where, like, it's just, it's the only liquor that, that perks you up. I feel like it's the only liquor that's also kind of an upper. And I really need that. Like, I get tired after, like, four beers, you know? I feel like most okay. people do. Maybe most more people are better at hiding it. But, like, I don't know. I very much feel the depressant side of alcohol a lot. So if I am. Yeah, if I am doing mixed drinks or just want to watch calories and I'd rather do liquor, then I'm going like tequila soda usually. Okay. Um, I will say, uh, as someone who has had a recent uh, a recent run-in with tequila, I don't fuck with it. Yeah. <laughs> There's a reason I don't fuck with it, and I know that. I know that about myself enough, right? Fair enough. You know, I still feel like I'm... I'm catching up. I wanted to show this off on the on the podcast. I don't know if they're going to see the video. Or yeah, not. there's promo videos. Okay, good. This is this is one of my favorite things ever. I ordered this from a, the website. They make a lot of funny clothes. The website's called Assholes Live Forever. Okay. And, uh, they send you extra shit, like if you buy you know more than two things, and they send me this, which just looks like this little nondescript thing you put at the end of the keychain. You know what it is? Fucking little mobile shot glass. Love it. Right? Yeah. How cool is that? It is. That's great. So satisfying just to throw this thing out and then have a little shot glass. I bring this shit to the park when I meet up with friends. It's just such a fun little party favor. I think of all, in all my time doing bar shit, this is probably my favorite accessory I've ever had. That's fucking great, man. It's fun, That's... right? Collapse it, put it right back on your backpack. No one knows you're drunk in public. It's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, literally, dude, my friends got married in Central Park, and I brought that thing. Love and it. So before the wedding, like, because my man, uh, my man Rob, before I got married, took me aside, and we did a shot. And then uh, we recently were at our buddy Joe's wedding. We're all, like, groomsmen in the same circle, you know. We do shots before his wedding. And so in Central Park, we were thinking that we, you know, there's not going to be a bar. There's no place to do shots. And I showed up with that thing in a flask in my suit jacket pocket like oh you think we're not taking a shot before your wedding dude fucking no uh, way yeah. you're not getting out of this 
<laughs> I love that little thing. I love that. How the world's opening up. I can show it off. I love it. Steven, this is fucking brilliant. I'm so happy yeah. you're here. I love you got good energy, man. I'm with this. Thank you, man. Thank you. I appreciate it. All right. We're now going to get into our final segment, which is what were you drinking? Now, this is a part of the show where I take my messy Twitter and Facebook timeline and I pull a post because the only thing I can assume is that whoever wrote this must have been drunk when they wrote it because no one would volunteer this information soberly. Okay. Now, Stephen, you have worked behind the bar as bar back and also bartender. So you have seen people drunk off of many different things. So yes. we are now relying on you for your expertise and having seen people drunk to diagnose what you think these people were drinking when they wrote it. Okay. Okay. I can do All that. Right. So here we go. <clears throat> people can't just leave shit alone and mind their own business. I'm so tired of this shit. What do you okay. think they were what do you think they were drinking when they wrote that? Are are there a lot of typos? Um they did use the wrong there. Okay. Um, they used their T H E R E versus their okay. the there they needed was T H E I R, which is possession. Okay, right, right, right. Because they're the there they're using is direction, like over there. Okay. Versus theirs and that's their coat. Okay. Uh do you know do you know what time this was posted? I do. Uh 6:24 p.m. 6 that's early. Um drinking wise that's that's early. Um is it a man or a woman or or um no I, anything? I can I can tell you. Uh it's a man. A dude. Okay. All right. Read it to me one more time. My brain's computing. Sure, sure, sure. I you know, we can reread. All right. Okay. People can't just leave shit alone and mind their own business. So tired of this shit. I feel like whatever he was drinking, he has not had a lot. He's had, a, he's had enough to want to spill his guts, but not enough for the typos, which is a very, very, very fine line. Uh, <laughs> it is. Very fine line, typically. Razor. Razor. Um, I feel like this dude might be. My gut is either saying he's put back a few beers or like a couple scotches, maybe. Scotch, maybe. interesting. I'm like something, something you drink neat, something that gets you in your feelings of like you know, oh, all these other people don't know shit, but I'm a. I'm an intelligent man drinking scotch at 6.30 in the morning. People need to leave me alone. Like, <laughs> that's, that's the vibe I'm getting also because there aren't enough typos for him to sound dumb yet. You know, like. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. He like might, He might be one or two, like, heavy scotch pours in, I'm guessing. I'd be very curious to see what this looks like at 10.24 p.m. Yes, absolutely. I agree. Like I was, that was honestly, that was pretty well-spoken for what I was expecting. That was like, yeah, like a, you know, do you think he was talking about his friends? He just says people. That is definitely referring to one person. Oh, absolutely. This is, this is, this is very passive aggressive. This is a person. This is one. We, We know who, we know who we're talking about. 
Dude, that literally reminds me of this one time, man. I was drinking with a bunch of friends in Virginia. I was on vacation in Virginia. So it's like, you know, when you're on vacation, you drink and do everything like crazy. Yeah. And dude, we were with some friends and they they brought out a bag of blow. I'm not going to say no to that. But like one of our friends literally had a job interview in the morning to be a valet. It's like one or two in the morning already. He's got this interview at like seven or eight. And they're going to drug test him because he's a valet. Like, he'd be driving cars. Yes, to drive cars. Right, exactly. Yeah, and so, like, he wants in on the bag, and we're all like, normally we say, yeah, but, like, no. Like, you literally have an interview in, like, six hours. Like, they're going to laugh at you and be like, did you not remember? You had this today. And so the funniest shit was we're all in a car, and then the guy with the job interview got out to go to the bathroom. And as soon as he got out, we, like, we all slammed the rails as fast as we could. So like he couldn't have any, so and so you we were drove. the hero he needed. Yes, exactly. We were the hero that did all the blows, so he didn't do any. And like literally, we drove. He was like upset about it. We drove the car back to the bar, and then like I lost track of him, but he ended up like driving home, and that terrified me because I was like, he's fucking driving home, like that fucked up. And they were all kind of like, yeah, like he's done it before. He does it all the time. We're like, all right, well, as long as he can handle himself. And the funniest shit, why your tweet reminded me of this was he came to us the next day for lunch and he was like, I appreciate you not letting me do that shit uh, last night because when I got home, I was so mad. I almost made a whole Facebook post about fake friends. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I'm really glad I didn't post it. I'm really Wait. glad you guys didn't let me do anything. And I was like, okay, word. <laughs> Which like opposite of fake friends. Um, right. real, real friends don't want you to uh, lose a job opportunity. Yeah, exactly. So now, like, did he did he get the job? I think so. To my knowledge, oh, good. Good. yeah, yeah. I don't good. know if he's still working there now, but I know that that was his only job prospect at the time. It was so funny. We were in the car. He's like, "Well, how bad do I want to be a valet anyway?" And then. <laughs> <laughs> Like, yo, it enough. doesn't matter what the fuck you want to do. Yo, you need a job. Bad enough to suspend, like, a momentary high? Yeah, right? Exactly. Like, exactly. how long the, the, the valet job would last longer than being high? Yes, exactly. Exactly. So, so we're like, yeah, don't do it. But the fake friends thing, that's what your guy reminded me of. Just looking at Scotch, but people need to leave me alone. Like... <laughs> Let me do what I need to do. This moody ass. Do you know how old they were? Do you know them that well? Oh, no, no. I don't have the age, unfortunately. Okay. Okay. Um, too old to do that. I'll say that. Mm-hmm. Um, too, definitely too old to be posting things of that nature. Right. <laughs> so that'll, that is our what were you drinking segment. And, of course, if you are out there listening and you have your own uh, – Twitter and Facebook uh, posts that you want to submit to the show, email us at openbartalk at gmail.com. Send me your what were you drinkings. We'll read them on the air. Of course, we'll redact your name and the person's name as well. And we want to we wanna see uh, what you got out there because definitely, peep, I can't be the only person who has posts like this. There's no way. No, uh, no. Steven, uh, thank you so much for hanging with me, man. This has been really fun. Uh, you certainly have some wild fucking stories in and out of the bar um i'm really happy you got to come hang with me for a little bit man man Uh, i appreciate you having me and let me tell those stories man i had a good ass time 
Good, good. I, and, I, and that means a lot, and it definitely means a lot to our listeners as well. Um, where can people find you? Uh, yeah, what do you have, Instagram, Twitter, et cetera? Uh, uh, where people can find you. The handle basically everywhere is Stephen with a P-H, S-T-E-P-H-E-N, Mick Longhair, M-C, Longhair, all one word, and then Bowles, if you really need that. My last name is Bowles, B-O-L-L-E-S. But you can find me across all platforms, under Stephen McLongHair Bowles, I fucking I added to McLongHair because a few years ago I was trying to look myself up on Google. I had stand-up videos and I put in Stephen Bowles in Google. It's like a fucking dead senator from the 1800s that has more search engine power than I do. So <laughs> I, fucking, I put in the McLongHair. Easy to remember. I'm the only McLongHair, so you can find me online uh, basically under that handle: Twitter, Instagram, all that good stuff. Please go find him, man. Steven, you're a fucking funny dude, man. And I really appreciate you uh, bringing your stories in here tonight with us, man. Or today, whenever the fuck people are listening to this. Yeah, no, uh, I appreciate it, man. Thank you for doing this. This is a fucking great idea for a podcast, too, man. Bartenders. I would say bartenders and smokers usually have the best stories. Like 100%. A hundred percent. I mean, and yeah. look, as I'll just, as you know, listeners know, like, listen, I've been hanging on bars since I was like 16, 17 years old. So right. it's like, I've seen this life uh, from one side of the bar and a lot of my friends are bartenders. And I was like, listen, it only makes sense that I uh, bring this uh, space for them to be able to tell their stories and these stories now live. So this story lives forever. And uh, we appreciate you for hanging out with us. Um, and listeners again, uh, thank y'all for tapping in with us, hanging out with us, uh, open bar talk at gmail.com open bar talk across all the platforms. If you want to find me, I am Jim search on all social media, jimsearchcomedy.com. You know, we got shows coming up and shit like that. Um, I will say, uh, the show muddy waters is back. Uh, we're back up and running. Uh, so please, uh, come hang out for that at Fulton grand. Uh, it's going to be bi-weekly every other Friday. Um, you follow me at jimsearchcomedy.com. You'll find the dates for that. Um, and that's going to do it for us, man. Uh, make sure you put a water between each drink and we'll catch you on the next one. Peace.